0: I'm thrilled to be here with you guys tonight. Um, I'm super excited about what I'm going to talk to you about tonight. So it's going to be a little bit just out of my heart again, not super polished. That's what everything has been kind of this month. But Amzie and I just wanted to take the month of January and really share with you what was on our heart for this year. So uh, the first night I spoke about peace. And if you're wondering, because I talked about like being held accountable and talking to your friends and things like that, I'll just tell you guys, on a scale of 1 to 10, I've done like a negative 3 good job of walking in peace every day in my life. So it's very apparent why God is having me work on this, and although it has not gone well so far, I know that I'm going to get better because I'm putting in the work, and the Holy Ghost is helping me uh, to let God teach me how to walk in peace. It's very apparent I cannot do that on my own. But honestly, after I shared that with you guys, I was like, hmm, well, I don't really know what I'm going to share, you know, the rest of this month because that's really all God gave me for this year, you know, it's just peace. And the Holy Ghost again interrupted my thoughts and said, why don't you ask me if there's anything else? So, okay this is a recurring theme lately I'm not gonna say he's getting sassy with me because I need it but he's been butting in my thoughts a lot and being like why don't you just do this why don't you just ask me so I guess this year I'm also just learning to just ask God (laughs) what to do so I'm really excited to share with you the second thing that God is going to have me work on this year and this is something I've been hearing about since I was a kid but honestly when he said it I was a little bit embarrassed to find that I hadn't thought about this in so long I kind of it took me a minute to even really figure out what I thought that this meant so we're talking tonight about guarding your heart and I've heard that verse since I was a child guard your heart guard your heart guard your heart and it's like okay and I've even heard some great messages on it if you were in the quarry a long time ago Pastor Jordan had a series called Guard your garden and all this stuff so I've heard about this a lot in my life but like I said I was embarrassed to find that I was like okay, guard my heart so What exactly do I need to do? So I'm going to share with you tonight the conclusion that I came to and what the Holy Ghost helped me see. So let's start by looking together at Proverbs 4.23. And this is our theme verse for the night. It says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So the second part of that verse is super clear. He says, everything you do flows from your heart. So that immediately told me, okay, this is really important. This is why God is bringing this up to me this year. He's saying, guard your heart because everything you do is coming out of that. So if you're not doing that well, the conclusion would be that everything that you're doing is not going well, right? That part was easy for me to interpret, but honestly, the beginning part, I was just like, okay, I got it. This is very important, but... Above all else, guard your heart. Like, okay, what am I going to do with that? So it is important for me to guard my heart because everything I do is flowing out of my heart. So I was thinking about the word guard. If you're guarding something, I was thinking like in medieval terms, right? Literally guards and like knights and armor and stuff. You are watching to see what comes in and you're making sure that you keep dangerous things out, right? We could all probably agree if you have an alarm system, if you have a guard dog, if you have a security guy, their job is to watch what's coming in and keep dangerous things out. So again, I was like, okay, I can understand that, but like <laughs> how do I do what am I doing to do that? Have I totally neglected this? What am I really watching what's coming in my heart and am I really guarding it to keep dangerous things out? And God led me to the parable of the sower, which is in Matthew 13, 1 through 23. We're not going to read it tonight. I'm going to give you guys that assignment to take that home and read it. Again, it's Matthew 13, 1 through 23. But Jesus shows us something that's really important in this parable. He said, our heart functions like soil. That means whatever goes into it is going to grow. Again, that's part of why this is such a big issue because I realized then reading that, okay, whatever goes into my heart does not stay in the state it came in. It grows, and that's how sometimes we turn around in our lives, and there's this huge problem, and we're going like, whoa, where did this come from? Where is all this fear coming from? Where's all this anxiety coming from? Well, it came from the soil of your heart. You let something in your heart that was small, and maybe you didn't notice it at first. Maybe it wasn't a problem at first, but when it grows, (laughs) you're going to notice, and it's going to be a problem. So God was kind of leading me through this thought process of, saying okay this is really interesting I've got to look at my heart and evaluate what I'm letting in my heart because that's going to grow and it might not be a problem today but it might be a problem in 10 weeks or 10 months from now when that thing begins to grow so I think that's a great takeaway from the parable of the sower and on that foundation I want to share with you guys tonight four things that God really uh, led me to just jot down and say I am guarding my heart against these things this year. And your things that you're guarding your heart against might be different than the things that God gave me, but I want to share those with you just to show you what he showed me and share some scriptures that go along with it so that maybe some of these things, if they pertain to you, you can go ahead and pick them up too. But I really want you to go into this year really evaluating what is getting in my heart because... Things are constantly trying to get into your heart, really, from our culture and from the media. uh, I think all of us could probably say after 2020, there's at least been some level of fear or discouragement or worry or confusion that's tried to, to grow in our hearts and to come into our hearts. And sometimes those things come subtly. Sometimes we don't really realize like, hey, I've been hearing this over and over and over and the next thing you know, it's kind of just in me and I'm thinking, well, how did that get there? I don't really believe that. I don't usually think like that. I'm not usually having those kinds of thoughts. Where did that come from? Well, it came from my heart. I let something get in my heart that has now started to grow and so I want to encourage you this year to pay attention to what's going into your heart. I also want to tell you, well, I'll get to that in a minute. Let's look at the four things I'm guarding my heart against this year. Number one is fear. And the issue with fear is that it grows, right? If that is planted in my heart, it's going to grow. And uh, God tells us in John chapter 14, verse 1, the New King James says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God also believe in me. And if you look at it in the Passion, it says, do not worry or surrender to your fear. For you've believed in God, now trust and believe in me also. There are like hundreds of verses in the Bible that say, do not fear. Do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. And sometimes we're just thinking of fear as like an elementary version of fear, like you're scared of clowns or you're scared of heights. You're scared of small spaces. Uh, you could be scared of a lot of things, right? Sometimes when we hear fear, that's what we're hearing. But a lot of times, fear wears a lot of different masks. I told you guys that uh, in my first message of the month when I was talking about peace, I did not realize how much fear had gotten into my life. Sometimes when you've dealt with anxiety, you start to get fear about having anxiety. You're like, I feel good now, but what if I get in that situation and it all starts to go south? What am I going to do? What if I have a panic attack? How can I get out of there? How am I going to calm down you start to get fear about your fear why because fear grows and here's the scary thing that fear grows into I think is really ineffectiveness that is the biggest thing that I have seen fear do to me personally make me completely ineffective at pretty much everything fear does other things but that's one thing that I've struggled with seeing fear bring into my life ineffectiveness if I'm scared of something I won't do it and if I don't do it no one can get helped Right? If I'm scared of going to something, I'm not going to go, and I'm going to miss maybe what God had for me at that church service or at that meeting or at that event. Fear keeps me out of what God has for me because I won't even attempt it if I'm afraid. So this year, I am guarding my heart against fear because I cannot allow Fear to grow in my life. I can't afford fear to grow in my life. I care about you guys too much. I care about the people in my life too much. If I need to show up and love people and be there for people, fear's gonna stop me from doing that. So, really, if I love you and I care about you, I'm not gonna allow fear in my life because my fear is gonna start to affect you through me, right? Fear grows so don't let fear into your heart it will grow into ineffectiveness right and you know I want to even kind of lump depression into that I know depression could really be classified differently than fear but at the same time I think with depression there's a lot of fear that things won't get better or that you're never going to feel normal or that you're not good enough and this or that and you know when you're really depressed you're in bed you're at home You're not getting up, you're not going out, you're completely ineffective. I know when I allow depression to really overcome me in my life, I'm also not reading my Bible, I'm not praying, I'm not worshiping, I'm barely moving. I'm completely ineffective. And you know what? Really, God can't help me as much as He wants to in those settings because I've made Him ineffective as well. God has given me answers. He says, "I've sent my Word to heal you and to help you." So that means I have to get into the Word to be healed and helped. If I don't do that, God's Word is ineffective in my life. So I don't want to let my fear make me ineffective. But I also don't want to let it make God ineffective in my life either. In the same Manner when I've uh, really dealt with like panic, anxiety, depression, you know what I do not want to do on Sunday mornings? Get up and come to church. Right? You've been there? I've been to where I'm thinking I cannot make it through a church service without crying. (laughs) Like people see me ugly cry during worship sometimes over the years. Sometimes it was the anointing. Sometimes I was having just like a rough, bad day and feel like I barely made it in here. (laughs) And I was sobbing during worship looking like a fool. (laughs) And it's embarrassing. But I'm saying, you know, that fear will try and keep you home. Well, if you don't come to church, you can't get the help God has for you at church through your pastors and through this community. So do you see how the devil can kind of trick you into this fear? It seems like a very personal issue, but it really starts to affect things around you and it inhibits God's ability to get his help to you, right? God says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. You got to draw first. We got to come to church. I have to open my Bible. I have to turn on worship music when I don't feel like it. So this year, I really want to guard my heart against fear because I don't want to be ineffective, and I don't want to limit God's ability to move in my life either. And the second thing I want to talk about tonight, I'm guarding my heart against unforgiveness. I'm reading a book on this right now. I don't even feel like necessarily I struggle with it but it's just like the Holy Ghost keeps bringing it up to me so maybe in the future somebody's going to try and offend me really hardcore and I need to be able to forgive them because God is really building me up about this right now unforgiveness let's see in Ephesians 4 32 in the passion it says but instead be kind and affectionate toward one another has God graciously forgiven you the answer is yes then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love And here's the issue with unforgiveness. It grows too. Just like fear grows, if you plant unforgiveness in your heart, it's going to grow. But it's going to grow into bitterness and into hate. Unforgiveness turns into bitterness and hate, and if there has ever been a time that I personally have seen hate and bitterness manifest in our culture and in our world and in our country, it's in the last 12 months of my life. That was um, just a horrifying, I think, demonstration, a lot of what we've seen on the news and a lot of what's gone on, just an appalling demonstration of hate, man. What hate can really look like, what hate really does, how hate really manifests. So if I don't deal with my unforgiveness, even if it's over something petty or small or something that I feel really justified in being angry in, I've got to eliminate that kind of stuff because it might not be hate today, but in five years that unforgiveness will turn into bitterness and hate. I cannot afford to be hateful. And I think we all probably know some people In our lives that have been through hard things and they've allowed those things to make them really bitter, right? You guys know somebody who's super bitter. Sometimes it's just like a super old person who's kind of old and angry about life. Or maybe people who've just been through a lot of difficulty in relationships or family things. You can feel bitterness when you're around a bitter person, right? Nothing makes them happy. Nothing is good enough. There's no good days. Every day's a bad day. Every trip to the store is a bad trip to the store, right? Every single event never goes right for these people. And I just can't afford to be that way. I would never be helpful to anyone if I allow myself to be bitter but especially hate. And, you know, sometimes we look at bitter and hateful people and we're like, wow, like, I could I could never be like that. Like, why are they like that? That would just make life so miserable, just be happy, blah, blah, blah. That tends to be my attitude, but I think it's easier to become that kind of bitter Hateful person than we've really realized. I don't think that person who's like that ever really set out to be bitter or hateful either, but they allowed something to grow into their heart and turn into something that it was really never supposed to be. So I'm really, really working to guard my heart against unforgiveness like in every single way, even tiny little things. If something comes up to me where I remember some, you know, someone who did something wrong to me, even if I don't feel mad about it, even if I, I would say I'm not upset about that anymore, it's all fine, I still have been just saying to myself, nope, Father, I forgive them. I don't even want to remember that anymore. I forgive them because I cannot afford to allow that to grow in my heart. And I think one of the biggest keys of You know, forgiveness is really just in this verse. It says, has God graciously forgiven you? Yes. Then graciously forgive other people. And when I have felt like I cannot forgive someone, that's because I'm trying to do it in my own strength. You were not really meant to just forgive people on your own. It's something that flows from God to me and then from God through me. Forgiveness does not originate in my own self. None of us are really good enough people all on our own to be able to forgive everyone of everything. That comes from God. So the easiest way for me to make sure I can forgive everyone of everything, I found that it's just really important for me to really go to God on a super frequent basis and say, God, I am so grateful for your forgiveness, right? I personally have been guilty of taking God's forgiveness for granted, right? Right? We've been taught God will forgive you of anything. You just repent, say you're sorry. You know, the blood of Jesus covers it. It's all good. And that's the truth. But at the same time, I know that I've been super guilty of just abusing that or just, you know, Well, God forgives me like, yeah, you know, like it's not some kind of major miraculous thing that he's doing for me. He's forgiven all my sins, the ones that people know about, the ones people don't know about, the big ones, the little ones, the ones I didn't deserve forgiveness from. He forgives me for all of those. And when I truly stay grateful for that and focused on that, then I can forgive other people. You know, Amzie, I think, had recently talked about uh, on a Sunday morning kind of not forgetting where we came from right? Looking back and seeing how far God has brought us. And when I really look back and see everything God has forgiven me from, I could never justify holding unforgiveness against somebody. I just couldn't. When I really look back and see, man, I did that. And man, I thought those thoughts. And man, I had this attitude. And I just can't believe I did that for so long. And I I thought that way for so long. When I look back and I see how God was so gracious to me, it really enables me to be gracious to other people. So if you struggle with forgiveness, I've been there, trust me. But I want to challenge you to just try and focus on God's forgiveness toward you because his forgiveness flows to me and then I let it flow through me. And that's how it works. That's how we're able to forgive people even of just horrifying things and awful things. I'm not saying what they did to you was right and I'm not justifying what they did to you or, or how they treated you. They may have had no right to do that. But it's only going to grow in your heart and turn into nasty things if you let that unforgiveness stay. So it benefits you and me if we forgive. And just go ahead and get that out of our hearts so that it can't grow into something bigger. The third thing God brought up to me was criticism. And this one caught me by surprise. So I'll explain it. Criticism. And honestly, well... Let's look at Psalms one thirty nine fourteen. God says, well, sorry, the psalmist David is saying to God, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. And I feel like this is <laughs> like the classic verse you like <laughs> quote to a middle school girl who has, you know, braces and breakouts and is just like, I'm so ugly, no boys like me. We say, it's fine, like, you're beautiful, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And I personally have just thought of that um, <laughs> verse as related to outward appearance because I literally feel like that's on like all kinds of cards for teenage girls and like just a lot of youth leaders will just say that to you when you're struggling, like feeling bad about yourself. As you, well, the boys don't know. I'll tell you guys this: me and Leslie laugh and tell our life group it was super easy for us to live pure lives in middle and high school because we were we were struggling and no one was interested in us anyway. Literally, did not have the opportunity to mess up in that area really because there were no offers on the table from anyone. We had braces, bangs, zits, chunky highlights—all kinds of bad things were happening on our hair and face. So it wasn't that hard. But I just guess this is so silly. I'm like I don't I don't know why I just always thought of that verse in relation to physical appearance, you know, be confident because you're fearfully and wonderfully made. But let me tell you, one day you're gonna be almost 30 and you're just gonna be like, This face is my face, like, I don't even care what you think about it. You know, all those kind of insecurities about how you look just go away, you just get older and realize it doesn't matter, like, it doesn't matter at all. And so that's how I feel. But as I was reading this verse again. You know, I realized, okay, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. God's really not just talking about my appearance, He's talking about all of me. And when God was saying, guard your heart against criticism. I was initially like, okay, like, yeah, that's helpful. You know, sometimes other people say things and, you know, people, whatever, um, you know, share their opinion with you that might not be like super kind or may give you some feedback you don't ask for. And you're like, okay, you know, just brush it off. It's no big deal. I'm not going to be offended about that. But God was saying that's going to be part of it. But part of it is the criticism that you give yourself, Guard your heart against the criticism that comes from yourself. And listen to me for a second. It's not always from you. Sometimes it's from the devil. He can't control us, but he can send thoughts to us. And so a lot of times I do really struggle uh, with just wishing I was different, man. I wish I had a different personality. I wish I wasn't so loud. (laughs) I wish I was uh, like basically like Miss Lois. I just want to be put together, poised, uh, you know, gracious, uh, you know, I've never heard that woman like burst out laughing super loud. So I wish that I could not do that, but I do. So, you know, things like that. I look at other people and I'm like, wow, I just wish I could be like them. Well, that's criticism. God made me, God gave me this personality. I don't know why, but he did. And he says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So I'm going to guard my heart against the own criticism sometimes that I send my way and that the devil helps me with. Does that make sense? The second part of criticisms that I would have not initially um, thought of because they're more subtle was God kind of brought up to me recently, uh, just in the last couple of years, you know, sometimes uh, people are just trying to offer you like a lot of life advice and their hearts are right. They're meaning to be helpful. I'm assuming you guys experience a lot of this because really in middle and high school you get a whole lot of this, right? There's some big life decisions coming up. So people are trying to send advice your way. Uh, But really, you know, sometimes when you've got people saying, well, you need to do this and you should really do that and you shouldn't do this and you should really do that. You know, God kind of showed me that's criticism and it doesn't mean those people are trying to be mean or critical necessarily, but if they're looking at my decisions and trying to evaluate them, (laughs) that's criticism. And here's the point of it. God said, you don't need to do what other people tell you to do. You need to do what I tell you to do. And I want to make it clear that I'm not talking just about everybody because God does give us people in our lives that are valuable and can give us good advice. Our pastors, uh, parents, if you have godly parents, your life group leaders, right? We have these kind of spiritual advisors in our lives who uh, God speaks to and helps helps us, you know, find the right direction and, and follow the plan of God. So I'm not saying disregard all advice, but I'm saying there's a lot of people and a lot of voices in this world who will say, nope. You should do this. Well, you shouldn't do that if God didn't tell you to do that, right? If uh, God didn't tell you to go to school to be a nurse, you should not do that, even if your family's telling you to do that, right? Uh, if you God did not tell you to marry someone, you should not marry someone, even if your friends are telling you to do that, right? Those are criticisms sometimes of our decisions and of our lives, and I've got to guard my heart against those, not because those people are bad or evil. Those people may be trying to help me, but at the same time, it's more important for me to follow what God is telling me to do, so I've got to guard my heart against that because it'll keep me from getting confused. If I allow too many voices in my mind and in my heart, I'll be very confused on which direction to go. So personally, God spoke to me and said, hey, guard your heart against criticism. You don't need to do what everyone else says you need to do. You need to do what I tell you to do. So that's another thing I'm working on this year. And so that criticism part was kind of twofold. And number four, the last thing I want to talk to you guys tonight about is discouragement. And I love this verse. We see this all throughout Joshua. We looked at it at summer camp. But in Joshua 1.9, God is saying to him, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And some of the other things that God told me to guard my heart against were maybe related to specific things in my life. But this one I just felt like was very general because it is so easy to be discouraged right now, right? There, like I said, have been so many things that have happened in our country in the last 12 months that I just never believed I would see with my own eyes and hear with my own ears and be alive for I... I had no idea that anything like that would happen in my lifetime, and so throughout the year, I did sometimes struggle with being discouraged. It wasn't maybe like a personal discouragement um, at the way my life was going, but to look at our nation and look at our country and look at how people were being treated and the horrific things that were happening, I felt so discouraged thinking, how do we wow like how do we change this this is so shocking i can't believe these things are happening um i you know this just exploded out of nowhere, how on earth do we fix it? How on earth, you know, we can barely talk about racism or anything like that in the church with half of these people getting mad about one thing and half of these people being mad about another thing and we can't even bring up praying for your president and half of these people are mad about it on one side and and half on the other and so it it felt very overwhelming to see the church so divided over these issues when I'm thinking like, man, this is the solution, you know, we the church is the hope of the world but how can we be when when things seem so broken and so for reasons like that there were a lot of times I felt super discouraged this year and felt like I didn't know how to respond or sometimes even know how to uh, pray or how to 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 you know allow God to move and try and heal things and this and that and the other and I really had to repent for that because I realized I was so distracted by what the devil was doing that I was failing to ask God about what he was doing. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be aware of what's going on and be involved and be vocal and be prayerful and all of those things, but at the same time, I've got to remember, and I had to remind myself God wins in this. You know, if the devil's moving that big, I know God is moving bigger. And if God is saying, hey, there's a revival coming, hey, there's a movement coming, hey, things are stirring, then I better believe those things are happening because if I don't, guess what? They're still going to happen, but I'm going to miss out. If I am so focused on the brokenness and the hurt, I'm going to miss the healing that God is bringing because he wants to use every single one of us to bring that healing. You know what? I don't know necessarily to say to you if things are gonna get better or worse in the world, but I know that in the church things are gonna get better, and I do know the church is going to be able to bring healing to the world to those who will receive it. Does that does that make sense? It doesn't mean every day the stories on the news are gonna be great, and it doesn't mean that things are sometimes not gonna get uglier around us, but God will not be outdone by hate or by anything that the devil has tried to stir up. So this year, I'm guarding my heart against discouragement, but I'm also saying, okay, God, I see what the devil's doing. Why don't you talk to me about what you're doing and how I can be a part of it. Right? I'm not going to get discouraged. Similarly to being, you know, depressed or in fear a discouraged person doesn't do much except sit there in their feelings. And it doesn't mean sometimes that you're not going to feel things or that there aren't times where we're emotional about things, but at the same time, my heart is to really go to God this year and say, "Hey, what are you doing? How Are you going to bring healing to this? And how can I help? How can I get in on this? What can I do, God, for you and with you? Because I know that you're moving. And I know that revival is not just for the church. It's for the world uh, to come into the church, the church to reach the world, right? It's not for us just to have a fun time. It's for us to be able to bring as many people to Jesus as we can together. So I want to encourage you just to not lose sight of what is really, really happening. It doesn't mean that bad things are happening in the world, but I know that God is moving. I know that God is doing things. Even through a pandemic and all of this divisiveness, our church has grown actually a lot this year. We have tons of new people this year. That doesn't really make sense. (laughs) This doesn't really seem like a time where the church should be growing. The church is uh, not usually very popular for some of its stances and beliefs on cultural and social issues, right? Notoriously, (laughs) we've sometimes uh, been on a very just religious or judgmental side or not compassionate side or or whatever. And I'm not criticizing anyone. I'm just saying the church hasn't always had a great reputation. So to see it growing nonetheless across the world and to see conferences being held that are breaking records and and to see people just united in worship and in prayer is amazing. It doesn't make sense and that lets me know God is moving. So let's get in on it together. Don't be so overcome by discouragement that you fail to see the healing that God is bringing to people because he wants to use you and he wants to use me and he wants to bring healing and salvation to as many people as he can. That's his heart, right? His heart towards you is the exact same heart he has towards someone that you hate and you can't stand. All the horrifying things we've seen this year, you know, they broke God's heart just like they broke ours. And his even more so because he loves the people involved more than you or I ever, ever could. And so I just want to encourage you as we move into this new year to just stay stirred with me. I'm, I'm, you know, I really kind of just got rebuked being where God said, hey, you need to guard your heart against discouragement (laughs) because you had too much of it. And it really didn't help do anything. You didn't bring healing or help to anybody. You were just discouraged and upset about it. So join me in guarding your heart against discouragement. Because we've really got to do that during these times we're living in. Let's just focus on what God is doing and the healing that he wants to bring. So to end tonight, I want to read Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 27 to you in the message. And it says, Dear friend, listen to my words and tune your ears to my voice. Keep my message in plain view at all times concentrate learn it by heart those who discover these words live really live body and soul they're bursting with health keep vigilant watch over your heart that's where life starts don't talk out both sides of your mouth avoid careless banter white lies and gossip keep your eyes straight ahead ignore all sideshow distractions hey that's you know what the devil is trying to do is distract us watch your step and the road will stretch out smooth before you. Don't look to the right or to the left. Leave evil in the dust. And so I just want to encourage you to really see God about, even though God spoke to me about guarding your heart, it's in the Bible, so we're all supposed to guard our heart. And I shared with you the issues he spoke to me about, but you might have to guard yourself against other issues. I don't know what's going on in your life or what you need to focus on might be different than what I need to focus on, but I do want to stir you just to guard your heart so that the wrong things aren't growing in it and really conversely we didn't talk about this much but when I keep the wrong things out of my heart the right things are allowed to grow in it you want to know what I want to see growing in my heart instead of fear and bitterness and you know anxiety and discouragement I want to see faith growing in my heart. I want to see love growing in my heart. I want to see hope growing in my heart. And I don't want those things to be choked out by some of these evil things that might be growing larger because I've let them stay too long. So join me in guarding your heart. One way that I'm really doing this, um, it's simple, but I'm just getting up every day saying, Father, today... I guard my heart against these things. I guard my heart against fear. I guard my heart against unforgiveness, against criticism, against discouragement, Father. I guard my heart against these things. And then going back to peace, I say, your peace guards my heart and my mind because the word promises me that. So I'm doing this really through prayer. I'm just getting up saying those things every day. I think God is gonna show me more as I move forward about how to guard my heart in other ways. But I do think prayer, number one, keeps us committed And number two keeps us aware so that if something comes into my heart that I prayed this morning and said, "Ah, I'm guarding my heart against this, I'll notice it when I come in. If I'm guarding my heart, like I said, a guard is watching who's coming in and who's going out. If I'm really doing that in prayer every day, I know that the Holy Ghost is going to show me and help me watch. And so when something comes in that's dangerous, he's going to let me know so that I can deal with it. Does that make sense? Okay, I love you guys so much. I'm sorry that I wasn't super polished this month. I knew it was going to be a little sloppy and a little messy, but God just spoke it to me fresh, and these are things that I'm working on in my life right now every day, and hopefully in a couple months, uh, you know, I'll have a much better grasp on it, and hopefully by the end of the year, um, you know, it'll be a lot better. So I did want to let you know, No pressure, but if any of you wanted to privately, you know, text me or just catch me um, sometime tonight or another time and let me know what you're believing God to do in your life this year, I would love to agree with you. I would love to pray with you and pray for you. So there's no pressure, but it's helpful for me to share um, the things that God has spoken to me to someone else so that they can keep me accountable and help remind me of those things maybe on days when I forget. So if you would like me to do that for you and like me to pray for you, I would be really honored to do that. So just catch me anytime, and I know AMZ and the other life group leaders would be more than willing to do that as well. So I love you guys so much. I'll pray, and then we'll close. Father. We're-